Come on, give you the Lord a hand clap of praise in the house. Lord, you're awesome. The master's shown up in the house tonight. The healer's shown up in the house tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Without further ado, I'm going to step aside tonight and bring our preacher to this pulpit to open his heart and the word of the Lord. I'm humbled tonight and very honored and so blessed to be able to introduce my oldest son tonight as he comes to preach on this Sunday night. The Lord has opened so many incredible doors for him in places that I would have no connection and no ability to be able to open a door or to help open a door or to even make contact. The Lord had begun to make a way and begin to open doors. The scripture said that our ministry would make way for itself. And indeed, it has accomplished that in Gentry's life. In the morning, about 10 o'clock, we will leave for Indianapolis. I covet your prayers, and I know he covets your prayers as he flies to Nairobi, Kenya, Africa, to preach their national youth convention there. And it is a four-night event, and I have already coveted with him that we're going to be fasting and praying in our home. I'm not going to call you to fasting and prayer, but I'm going to ask you if you would be fasting and praying over the next 14 days that the Lord would use Gentry in a mighty, mighty way. He'll have a three-day break, and then he will be going uh, on a seven-hour trip north to a town that I will not attempt to pronounce the name. He will be preaching a Holy Ghost crusade for three days there. This is an open-air event. And uh, remember, this is Kenyan. It may not be the most friendly place. It's not North America. And I'm going to ask that you pray the protection of the Lord, but there can be no distractions. He called the missionary and said, what are you looking to happen? What are you guys praying and believing the Lord for? And they said, we're believing God for a 200-soul crusade. And I believe that all things are possible. And I believe that 200 souls can be surpassed, not for the sake of numbers, but for the sake of reaching into an area of Kenya that desperately needs the Lord. So tonight I have asked him, I actually asked him several weeks ago, to prepare to preach here tonight, and this is the beginning uh, of several days of preaching for him. He's going to need physical strength. I don't think he's ever preached this number of services in this short a time as he's going to be preaching in the next few days, but the Lord is going to be with him. He's been fasting and praying and studying and spending a lot of time in the basement bedroom that he calls home and has been preparing for this moment and for the next for the next three weeks. I'm going to ask you if you would, right now where you are, would you just reach out to the Lord on his behalf for this conference and for this service tonight, and would you pray an anointing upon Gentry as he comes to take this pulpit tonight. Let's welcome him with prayer tonight. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we believe you, God. And know, Lord, that you're... Would you lift your hands and lift your voice all across this building with me right now? In the name of Jesus. Come on, we're just going to wait on the Lord for a second. 
of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. If you've got your Bible, 2 Kings, the second chapter. I'm going to be reading just a few verses. I felt the Lord speak a word into my spirit just a couple weeks ago, and it's been on my heart ever since. And I'm going to bring you that word that I felt tonight. 2 Kings, the second chapter and the 13th verse. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. He took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. And when the sons of the prophets, which were to view at Jericho, saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elijah, on Elisha. The spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. I want to speak into your spirits just for a few moments tonight on a father's mantle, a father's mantle. Would you lift your hands with me once again? God, right now in the name of Jesus, God, we call on your name, Father. God, we ask you, Jesus, God, that you would speak to our hearts tonight, Jesus. God, that whatever the word is that you have for us, God, that it would come forth tonight, Jesus. Lord, my God, we take authority, Jesus, God, over every attack of the enemy on us tonight, Jesus. Lord, my God, we speak against doubt and unbelief right now in the name of Jesus. God, and we bind them, Father. Lord, my God, and we curse those spirits right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, my God, release the miraculous in this place. Come on, somebody lift your voice. Release the miraculous in this place tonight, Father. God, do the work that only you can do, Jesus. Lord, my God, and we turn this service into your hands right now in the name of Jesus. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord tonight as you're seated? A father's mantle. In 1 Kings, the 18th chapter, King Ahab's wife, Jezebel, was hunting down every prophet of God. There was one active prophet left by the name of Elijah. Elijah was the last prophet of God. In 1 Kings 18, God sends Elijah to show himself before King Ahab. King Ahab had broken the commandments of the Lord. He had destroyed the altars of God. Yet Elijah did as the Lord hath commanded him and found himself standing face to face with 450 false prophets and King Ahab. As if it wasn't enough for them to want him dead, the Lord sends him directly into their hands. Isn't it just like God to send you directly into the place that you've been trying to stay away from? Yet Elijah looks at King Ahab and says, I have not troubled Israel, but thou in thy father's house, that in ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast 
and thou hast followed um, Balaam. Now therefore send and gather unto me all Israel unto Mount Carmel and the prophets of Baal 450 and the prophets of the groves 400 which eat at Jezebel's table. And just as Elijah had commanded, Ahab did 450 false prophets against one prophet of God. 450 screaming voices against one simple prayer from the prophet of God. Outnumbered but not overpowered. Outside of his residence but still in dominion. In the presence of a king but still in authority. Boldly Elijah declares, let the God who answers by fire, let him be God. For hours the 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 um, prophets crawled over the altar, cutting and stabbing themselves, screaming out, calling on the name of their God. Hear us, O Baal, they screamed, but he did not answer. They cried to a God that has no voice. They cried to a God that has no ears, a God that was in fact no God at all. Elijah mocked their very foolishness. In verse 27, he said, Cry aloud, for he is a God. Either he is talking or he is pursuing, or he is in a journey or pre-adventure. He sleepeth and must be awakened. Yet for hours, the prophets continued to call on the name of their God and Finally, Elijah stepped forth. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people might know that thou art the Lord God. Then the fire of the Lord fell. Let me interject to you just for one moment that God doesn't call you to a place to leave you. God doesn't call you to a place to allow you to let you die there. If God has sent you, he's going to show up. If he has promised you, he will perform it unto you. Trust God because he won't walk out on you. God won't serve you divorce papers. If you found yourself separated from the almighty God, it's because you've walked out on him. Let me take one more step. Do you want to know where you can find God in the house that you walked out of? Do you want to know where you can get back in the presence of God in the very place that you walked away from Him? He's still in the house. I said He's still in the house. You're not going to find the presence of God outside of the covering. You're not going to get into the presence of God by getting outside of the house. God is still in the house. 
The prophets of Baal recognized Elijah as the last man who would declare, Thus saith the Lord. They thought if they could disprove Elijah, then they would remove his influence on the people of Israel. They would make him incapable of having any kind of effect. They thought that they would take away his authority. They thought that by their numbers they could overcome him and by their voices that they could drown out his voice. All they wanted was for the voice of the prophet to be silenced. If they could just shut him up, they could rid Israel of the voice of God. If they could stop him, there would be no more prophets of God. Be not dismayed in this house tonight. The enemy wants the voice of God in the man of God out of your life. If he can get you deaf to the voice of the Lord, then he's got you right where he wants you. If he can get you to stand in opposition to the man of God, then he's got you right where he wants you. You better thank God every day for a man of God that isn't afraid to bring correction to the house. You better thank God every day for a man of God that loves you enough to tell you, thus saith the Lord, to tell you that... You better thank God that the man of God will sleep in the doorway of your house to keep out the wolf. Don't you ever misinterpret the silence of the man of God. Don't you ever misinterpret silence for weakness because it's not weakness. If the voice of God isn't in your life and the voice of the man of God isn't in your life, it's because you have removed it. I wish that somebody in the house would hear what I'm saying. God doesn't walk out on you. The man of God doesn't walk out on you. They're right where you left them. Isn't it funny that sometimes God has a way of letting his voice be heard. He didn't just stop with sending down fire out of heaven. But he delivered the false prophets into the very hand of Elijah. And Elijah brought them down to the brook and slew them there. 450 false prophets killed by the hands of Elijah. The news of what had happened made it back to Jezebel quickly. She sent word to Elijah that she would kill him by the very next day. First, it tried to silence him. Then when it couldn't do that, it tried to kill him. The spirit of Jezebel is not anything to play with. The spirit of Jezebel is not anything to tamper with. Don't you entertain the spirit of Jezebel. The spirit of Jezebel about comes in to distract you, to strike fear into your life, to silence you. And if it can't silence you, it'll come to kill you. 
the spirit of Jezebel disguises itself as an authority figure in your life. Let me speak into your life, saint of God. Let me just have an effect on your life, saint of God. But all the while, what you can't see is all Jezebel is. All Jezebel is is a spirit that wants you to think that it's an authority. If you would ever recognize Jezebel for just what it is, it's nothing more. It is nothing more than a spirit with no voice. It's nothing more than a spirit that comes at you to strike fear into you, to shut your mouth, to grab you by the throat. But I speak right now under the unction of the Holy Ghost that we bind every spirit of Jezebel that's in this place. We speak against all spiritual wickedness right now in the name of Jesus. Somebody lift your voice to the Lord. We come against every attack of the enemy. Come on, somebody silence the voice of Jezebel right now. Jezebel's nothing but a spirit of distraction. If she can get your eyes off of the journey that the Lord has for you, then she's got you right where she wants you. If she can get you disgruntled with the house of God, and if she can get you disgruntled with the man of God, and if she can get you disgruntled with the voice of God, then she's got you grabbed by the throat. But the problem with distraction is you've never realized it's struck until after it's too late. Jezebel wasn't anything but a prophet killer. The spirit of Jezebel comes to kill you. It comes to take away your ministry. And if it can't take away your ministry, count on it, folks. She'll come after your life. Jesus have mercy. Elijah found Jezebel can't touch you unless you give her permission to. She can't get to you unless you allow her access to you. She can't be involved in your life unless you open up the front door of your home and invite her in. I wish somebody would hear what I'm saying tonight. Elijah found himself in the back of the wilderness asking God to take his life just days after God had answered by fire for the very first time in the scripture. 1 Kings chapter 19 in the fifth verse. It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life. Why is it that Elijah would run for his life and then ask God to take it? Arguably the greatest prophet of all time time ready to give up his life out of fear the greatest prophet of all time the author of what a prophet needs to be the standard of a prophet says God will you take my life 
But I submit to you tonight that that had dual meaning. He wasn't just ready to give up his life, but he was ready to give up the duration of the end of his ministry at that moment. But rejoice not against me, O mine enemy, for when I fall, I shall arise. The angel of the Lord came to Elijah and told him, Elijah, you better get ready. I know you're in a cave, Elijah, but you better pack your things up. I know you've given up, Elijah, and you think that you're done, but there's still a journey left to take. I'm not done with you, Elijah. Don't be done with me, Elijah, because I'm not done with you. And the Lord speaks to him in this moment in the cave and tells him to anoint Hazel, king over Syria, and to anoint Jehu, king over Israel, and to anoint Elisha, prophet, in his room. But wait, why Elisha, it was customary in that day that the sons would follow the trade of their father. But Elijah had no sons. Yet the word of the Lord still came forth. And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Hazel shall Jehu slay. And him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. The enemy can't stop your destiny. God never said in those who escape the sword of Elisha because he intends in Elisha to be the finisher. He intends Elisha to restore the order that's been lost. He didn't have to put anybody under Elisha because Elisha wasn't going to miss anybody. Anybody that got by any king before him would be killed by Elisha. So why is it then that Elisha must come up under the prophet Elijah? You see, Elijah was the author of the prophets. The first time that God answered by fire, it was with Elijah. The first time that a man was raised from the dead, it was Elijah. But why is it that he had? had to bring and Elisha Jesus said I am the author and the finisher of your faith I speak to you tonight that God's getting ready to raise up some Elishas in the building there's been some spirits that we haven't killed yet there's been some Jezebels that are still running rampant there's been some King Ahabs that are allowing yes that are tearing down the altars of the Lord that are breaking down the altars of God but there's an Elisha coming there's an Elijah that's trying to find an Elisha Jesus name so he departed thence and found Elisha the son of Shaphat 
who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he with the 12th, and Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. Then he arose and went after Elijah. Just one chapter before this, Elijah is facing the God Baal and his prophets. In the very next chapter, he's running for his life, asking God to end it. But now... Now he seeks in Elisha. Why is it at this moment in his life that the Lord would ask him to anoint the next prophet under him? The spirit of Baal has tried to silence him, tried to kill him, and vexed him. But now he is sent to anoint in Elisha. However, Elijah never anointed Elisha. Instead, the word says that he cast his mantle on Elijah. When we see this text, we assume that it means that Elijah throws his mantle on Elijah. That Elijah throws his mantle on Elisha or gives it to him. But what the text is actually saying is that he put the skirts of his mantle, the end of his mantle on Elisha. And it was from that moment on that Elisha followed Elijah. Elisha had to leave his home and his family to pursue after Elijah. He had to leave everything that he knew behind. When the Lord calls us, he expects us to give up more than our free time. If you've got a call on your life, you've got to be willing to walk away from it all. Every time that you read about a prophet of God, you see one common thing, that they have seasons in their life that they are alone in the wilderness they become estranged people look at them differently they act differently than everyone else they talk differently than everyone else they think differently than everyone else they're doing things that nobody else is doing they can't seem to connect with anyone and they feel like they are all alone you want to operate in the prophetic get ready to take a journey God has to prepare you before he allows you to operate in the prophetic. You can't operate in the prophetic and continue to live where you are. But you've got to embrace the process, Elisha. You can't see what's coming next. God's sending unto you, Elisha, an Elijah that's going to cast his mantle on you. That's going to, if you will, take you under his wing. For every Elijah, there is an Elisha. And for every Elisha, there is an Elijah. In 2 Kings chapter 2, three times, Elijah gives Elisha the opportunity to stop following him. And Elisha refuses every time. The sons of the prophets approach Elisha and tell him, don't you know he's dying, Elisha? Don't you know he's going to be taken away from you, Elisha? You might as well quit following him now, Elisha. Elisha, Elijah is an old man. He's going to die soon. It's time to give up on the journey. But yet Elisha looks at the sons of the prophets and says, yea, I know it, but hold your 
peace. And yet again, Elisha refuses. And on they went as the sons of the prophets watched. Verse 8 says, And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters, and they were divided hither and thither, so that the two went over on dry ground. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a, let a devil portion of thy spirit be upon me. The audacity that it must have taken for an Elisha, for nothing but a kid who had no pedigree, a kid who had no last name. The audacity that it must have taken him to look at the greatest prophet of that time and say, I don't just want to be like you, Elijah, but I want to be twice the man that you are. I want to be twice the prophet that you are. I want God to speak to me at twice the amount that he speaks to you, Elijah. I want twice what you have, Elijah. And then Elijah answered him, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. Elijah told him, I'll give you what you want Elisha but if you want my mantle you've got to work for it my mantle isn't just given my mantle is earned I have bled for it I have cried for it you don't know what's in my mantle Elisha you've got to finish your course if you want this mantle Elijah there's no backing out now Elisha and Elisha followed him him and suddenly and suddenly the sky breaks in a chariot of fire descends from heaven and Elijah goes up in a whirlwind of fire at this moment I submit to you that hell rejoiced they didn't care how Elijah was taken out rather that he was just simply gone you see because Elijah was the last prophet of God that was the end of a spiritual giant that was the end of a a spiritual um, pedigree. There was no natural born son to take his his um, mantle. The spirit of Elijah simply gone. But all of the sudden, through the chaos going on, Elisha cries out, my father, my father. And the mantle began to fall. I believe at this moment that hell began to shake. Why is the mantle falling from heaven? Elijah didn't have a son. He never anointed Elisha. All he did was just brush over him. But little did Elisha know the power of the words that he had just uttered. You see, Elijah went up against the pagan god named um, um, um and when he went up against this pagan god Baal tried to silence him when he couldn't do that he tried to kill him Baal wanted nothing more than for Elijah to be the, the 
final prophet of God. The last thing that Baal wanted was for Elijah to reproduce himself. You see, because Baal was the god of fertility. Baal was the god of pregnancy. What Baal didn't expect is that there was going to be a prophet come by a young man named Elisha and cast his mantle on him. The casting of the mantle in biblical times was the sign of adoption. I wish you'd hear what I'm saying. Elijah had a son, and Elisha saw it, and he cried, my father, my father, and he saw him no more, and he took a hold of his own clothes, and he rent them into two pieces. When Elisha rent his mantle, it represented the death of his identity. It wasn't enough for him just to take it off, but he had to leave himself no option out. He took up also the mantle of Elisha that fell that had um, fallen. Elijah's mantle was Elijah's identity for he was known by the garment that he had on his back. When he places the mantle of Elijah on himself, he said, I am no longer the Elijah that you knew, but I am the Elijah, but I am Elijah's son of Elijah. I am Elijah that is covered by the mantle of Elijah. Elijah, even the sons of the prophets, recognized that the spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elijah. But what they didn't understand was they never heard the conversation that happened in between Elijah and Elisha because it wasn't just the spirit of Elijah that Elisha had, but a devil portion of his spirit. Is it any coincidence that the God of pregnancy would try to come at Elijah so that he would not reproduce himself. But what he didn't expect was that he would not just reproduce himself, but a prophet would come up from underneath him that had twice the authority that he had, that had twice the anointing that he had, that had twice the spirit that he had when hell thought it had won. Elijah had a son when hell thought that it had finally silenced the voice of God and Elisha broke through the darkness and began to say my father, my father it wasn't enough just for Elijah to adopt Elisha but Elisha had to vocalize that he was submitted to Elijah because if Elisha had not been submitted to Elijah then the mantle would have never fallen and had Elijah never faced the prophets of Baal maybe he would have never anointed an Elisha and had he not adopted an Elijah then there would never have been another voice of the prophet of God I wonder if there's an Elisha in this place I wonder if there's an Elisha in this place that feels like you've lost your identity. I wonder if there's an Elisha in the place that feels like that you have no father. 
I wonder if there's an Elisha in the place that feels like you've gone away from home to follow after something that you never thought that you could obtain. You've left your comfort zone to pursue the call of God. You've left your families to pursue the anointing of God, to follow the voice of God, and now you feel like you're all alone. But there is an Elijah, Elisha, and Elijah is coming your way, and Elijah is getting ready to cast his mantle on you, Elisha. And when he does, you are no longer the Elisha that you once were, but you now have a spiritual pedigree that you would have never had. You see, had Elisha just simply had his own mantle, he would have never had the double portion that Elijah had. You see, Elijah didn't just find Elisha in the synagogue, but he found him plowing in the field. If you want a mantle, Elijah, you need to get out of your seat and you need to get in the field. If you want a mantle, you've got to go after it. I call not only young people tonight that are looking for a mantle. I call not only the Elisha that's going after Elijah, but I wonder if there is an Elijah in the building that would get up from underneath the tree and declare it's not over. I've still got a journey left in me. I've still got a journey that I've got to take. I might be an elder, but my journey's not over because you're going to find an Elisha Elder, you might not think that you're important, but there's an Elisha that's coming your way. And all Elisha wants is for you to put your hands on him, to bless him, to anoint him, Elijah. And when he yelled, my father, the mantle fell from heaven. There's mantles laying all across this room right now. There's mantles laying all across this room, Elisha. Elijah, there's Elishas all across this room under the sound of my voice that's waiting for you to come find him. Maybe he doesn't know where you're at, Elijah. I wonder if an elder would go find an Elisha. I wonder if an elder would lay hands on an Elisha. Elisha wasn't 12 years old. Elisha was said to have either been in his 20s or even in his early 30s. You don't have to be a youth member to be an Elisha. God is wanting to send from this place an Elisha with a double portion of the spirit of Elijah. I say to you tonight that there will be pastors that are going to get up from the altar tonight. There's going to be prophets that are going to get up from this altar tonight. There's going to be evangelists get up from this altar tonight. But Elijah, Elisha can't do it without you. Elisha's got to have an Elijah. Elijah's got to take him through the process. Elijah's got to anoint an Elisha in his life. The blessing wasn't just for Elisha, but the blessing was for Elijah. That Elijah would see that the work that he did was not in vain because there's coming an Elisha up under the altar. There's coming 
becoming a finisher. And his name is Elisha. Come on, somebody pick up the mantle. Somebody go after a mantle. Somebody go after the mantle of an Elijah. Somebody reach out to the Lord like you've never reached to Him before. The enemy can't stop your destiny. The enemy has no authority over your destiny for it is written that no weapon formed against us shall prosper no weapon formed against your home will prosper no weapon formed against your life will prosper come on Elisha get after it tonight come on Elisha get after it tonight you want to be a man of God you've got to go through the process if you want to be used in the prophetic you've got to take the journey elder your journey's not over yet Elijah your journey's not over your job's not done because the greatest thing that an Elijah could do is pass down a devil portion of his spirit twice the miracles rent at the hand of Elisha the finisher is being raised up tonight there's an Elijah that's birthing in Elisha somebody push somebody push harder they are Come on, there's an Elisha. There's somebody that's going to get up from here with a devil portion. never fell on Elisha but Elisha had to go to where the mantle was if you want a mantle you gotta push for it if you want a mantle you've gotta pursue it come on somebody pursue somebody go after it somebody reach for it are falling all over the building there's mantles falling all over the altar your job's not done Elijah Elisha you're gonna get what you're looking for he's in the house tonight I wish I could get some Elijahs to begin to anoint some Elijahs across this room. 
there's Elijah's that are looking for your anointing, Elijah. They want your mantle, Elijah. Don't leave him standing there. Don't leave him looking for it. Don't leave him hungry. There ought to not be an Elijah in the building that doesn't get what they've came for.